1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. Today is Tuesday, August third, and every Tuesday we talk Black and Gold. There's a lot of news. There was a press call today. Bob Bradley sports uh, Bob Bradley spoke. Excuse me, Christian Orango, the newly striker. He spoke. Carlos Vela also spoke, so we're going to dive deep into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Gold Cup and, obviously, the U.S. Men's National Team win. And, you know, obviously, LAFC's, you know, uh, previous game against Minnesota United. But here to help me talk about all that, we got LAFC Live back once again. We also got Andy Diosa from Yahoo Sports and JP Marquez. How you fellas doing? Andy, doing great. Doing? doing great. I'm doing JP, where's well. your jersey, man? JP, you're the only one without a jersey this time.
2: Uh, no,
1: I decided to put streetwear on today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but, yeah, let, let, let's talk about the Gold Cup. I know I talked about it yesterday, but um, it was a big win for the U.S. Men's national team. No no one expected uh, – No one expect, I, I didn't expect a 1-0 game with all the different opportunities that were there. I, I expected a little bit more. But LAFC live. I know. I know you're very vocal. I know you you follow uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. Give me your thoughts uh, on obviously what happened and now and how you feel about Greg Berhalter now winning two finals over Mexico.
0: Hey, uh, you know, Greg. I've been on his case since he's gotten the job, um, but you know, he's earned my respect so far. Uh, can he take the team to the promised land and go? You know, make the World Cup next year and then also go deep like. For me, it would be getting to the quarterfinals, at least. That would be success for the U.S. men's national team. Um, but he's earned in respect uh, based on the past couple of months here. Uh, we got a nice win. It, we, it wasn't pretty. And it wasn't ever going to be pretty. Uh, you know, these CONCACAF finals are usually pretty scrappy. Miles Robinson, the hero, Cal Acosta, who I never rated, but I somehow had a tournament of his life, uh, did really well. Um, and like I said, I tweeted out. I can't read the tweet because that's some, uh, you know, some cussing in there, but... A team, B team, team, C team, whatever team you want to call it. uh, It didn't matter to me. If you are on the national team, obviously you're rated highly in the program, uh, you know, based on, you know, it doesn't matter where you play. If you're on a national team, you're on a national team. So we got the win. Um, Kudos to Mexico. They had a great tournament as well. Um, And that's all I can say. I saw you at the game too. It looked pretty pretty cool to be there. Nice stadium. Uh, So, yeah, nice win.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I was there. It was it was exciting. It was the atmosphere. I, it was incredible. I almost didn't go because I didn't want to drive, but I figured it out. But it, it was cool, man. Just being just being at a final, like, like I said yesterday. But this was my second time, and this first time as media. But if you guys get a chance, Allegiant Stadium. If you get to watch like American football, definitely go check out the stadium. It is amazing. I know they have concerts there and everything like that. But it, it was really cool. And I ran into your boy Andy Vive Valderrama. He was, like, in the press box. I saw him, and I was like, yo, I know who that is. And, you know, uh, so I got to talk to him, and I had uh, food with him. I know I sent you the, the photo over. But what, 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 were your, what were your thoughts on, on the Gold Cup?
3: Yeah, um, I think that it is what it is. I just didn't expect too much from the tournament itself. Uh, it didn't, I think the the end did kind of live up to, you know, good expectations where we saw teams like Canada and and about really play tough games. Um, this U.S. team, I feel like we didn't expect too much from it. So to see them actually come through and win this tournament is obviously a good sign moving forward. I still think that you have to take it with a grain of salt, regardless, you know, of what you think. Uh, like like L.A.F.C. Live said, A, B, C, whatever the case may be. Because not to forget, but Mexico was missing a few key pieces themselves. So um, I think it was it was good. It was just a good outcome, a good a good spectacle. I just. I think for all of the criticism that Greg Berholtar has been getting, I think that this was definitely a step in the right direction for him and just being able to use subs the way that he did in that final and everything kind of just worked out to his advantage. So I, I wouldn't expect a lot of those players to be on the regular World Cup qualifying rosters, but I think there's a few players that definitely made names for themselves. Matt Turner had had been great going into the tournament and just proved himself in that way. Uh, LAFC Live mentioned Kellen Acosta played great. So there's definitely some some positive signs that, uh, the U.S. could take out of it. And then from the Mexico side, you know, it's a lot of overreaction. But I think that at the end of the day, Tata Martino and, and that, you know, that federation is going to gonna be fun because this is just the competition they're playing to qualify for the World Cup. You obviously don't want to see them lose, you know, consecutive trophies. But we're being honest, the Nations League was like a two-game tournament. So I'm not even putting that much weight on that either. But I think that this is a good step forward for both teams going into World Cup qualifying because these are not teams you would play in the World Cup. These are teams you would play to get to the World Cup. So it's kind of a stepping stone uh, for the U.S. obviously taking a leap forward and for Mexico, let's say, a a step back.
1: Yeah, what I will say, being at the stadium, anytime you lose to the U.S. if you're a Mexico fan, it's not a good thing. And even though whether it's Nations League or whatever, you don't want to lose. And I think just being there, the stadium got silent. It was... (laughs) It was because it was majority, obviously, Mexico fans, but it, it got styled and then, like, obviously, Chance of USA. And it was, everybody was in shock. When I, when I was there, it was just like, you know, you look around, obviously, you know, and then, and then you have the American Outlaws. They were going crazy. But, yeah, JP, uh, g- give me your thoughts uh, uh, on how you, you experience and, and what your thoughts are on Mexico and the gold cup. Uh, I was bummed. Um, it ultimately just
2: came down to heart. I mean, the, the U.S.-Mexico games ultimately comes down to who has more heart and who wants it more. Um, and, and the U.S. men's national team wanted it more. I didn't see enough passion or urgency in, Mexi- in the Mexican side until after they scored. That's when everyone was scrambling and, and you know, playing more aggressively. Um, you know, ultimately, Mexico dominated both games. Uh, set pieces, you know, killed killed them. So it's not like Mexico was outplayed in any fashion and, and you know, you need to overreact. But um, I think uh, one clear clear conclusion is that Chicharito needs to be there. Um, he needs to be up there up top. Um regardless if it's coming off the bench or being being the starter like you need a a good number nine there funes mori did his job it was his first tournament so obviously he didn't have enough chemistry with the team um but that's that's your those are your three three strikers going into into workup qualifying um raul chicharito and funes mori and then that's who you have to go with from there um and then yeah that was that's my conclusion
1: yeah, no. And, and uh, Dalek Black and Gold says, question is, Greg, is, is it a Greg Mayer or Tata, Marti- or Tata Martino not doing a good job? i would tell you, I would say I would give I give the bonus. I mean, I would give the ups to Greg because, I mean, the lineup he put up, I know I know it's very it was high risk, high reward. And a lot of people were very critical, but it, it ended up working out for him, for Tata another side. JP, to your point, there's some issues going on. There's there's things going on between Chicharito and, and Tata. Whatever it is hasn't been resolved, and it's clear. Like you know, it was Funes Mori's first tournament, but he was in. He had like four or five opportunities, and he wasn't able to capitalize. And for him not being able to capitalize, and he got tired towards the second half, and then Alan Polito came in, but he didn't give you anything. That conversation is open. Chicharito is going to be the conversation about Chicharito being on the national team is, is going to be there. But nevertheless, look, uh, U.S. men's national team won. I feel like they deserved it. The, the longer the game went, I feel like the U.S. were going to benefit of it. And they obviously did uh, on the on the set piece, and they won it. So, you know, hats off to the U.S. men's national team—they got the win. And now we, we just got to see how how this goes once World Cup qualifying. Because you know, we saw Canada is not going to be an easy game. You know, El Salvador is looking really good. So, I'm really I'm really looking forward to World Cup qualifying here in a couple of months. Because I know I know those games are going to be—they're always intense. And then you know, once Christian Pulisic, Raul Jimenez, and all those guys come back, maybe Chucky Lozano is back by then. Uh, you know this rivalry uh, ne- never disappoints, but um, but yeah, let, let's talk. Let's talk about Um, you know, like I said earlier, there there's so much news that happened today with everything. Obviously, Eddie Segura and everything. But before we get into that, l- let's go a little bit back and and let's talk about um the previous game because obviously they they, I was gonna say they lost, but they didn't lose. They tied two two. It kind of felt like a loss because they dropped points in, in the last what like 30 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, when Minnesota United was able to tie the game. Uh, I'd like to see live. What, what were your thoughts going into that game? Obviously, at home, you always want to get the win and obviously the way, the way it played out.
0: Uh, well, the lineup starting 11 was good on paper. That's what we wanted to see. I mean, you have Kimi Wan, you had Vela, you had uh, Ross sequentes that's west the usual bunch. So there's nothing to complain on that side. And we're at home, so you expect the win. Uh, and this would be the fourth time this season we're giving up a goal in the last five minutes of the game. So like I've been saying all season long, this is a mentality issue for this squad. I don't know what it is, uh, but they keep just giving goals in the last couple of minutes. So based on that 11 that you're showing right there, I mean, there's no issues. I mean, they're legit. I mean, yeah, so good. It wasn't playing, but other than that, you, you have no complaints. Thomas Romero's been a hot streak who saved us by the way, multiple times in that game. Um, so I expected a win, even though it was a draw. It did feel like a loss to me. I don't care what anybody says. I felt like a loss uh, to get up a goal in the last couple of minutes there. Um, so, again, this is a mentality issue. I don't know what it's going to take. Hopefully, with the arrival of Chicho he could bring some um, strong mentality to the squad. I'm still waiting for a leader to step up. I haven't seen one yet this season. People can say it's Murillo, who's also hurt now. It's it's Dat Vela. It could be Westa, but sometimes he goes in a couple the last couple minutes of games. So, you know, I'm still waiting for that leader to step up. Um, But, yeah, disappointing, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, obviously, we'll look at the lineup there. Romero, uh, Kimmuan, Blackman, Murillo, Farfan, Palacios. I mean, uh, it's just pretty strong. We should also say, like, you know, Murillo went went out and he's not going to be available for Wednesday's game uh, against – uh, SKC because of a hamstring issue. So it's uh we'll get in more into that. But um yeah obviously Murillo leaving at halftime uh didn't didn't help LAFC. Uh Andy, wh- what were your thoughts on this game? Obviously, you know, and it's never it's never a good look when you drop points and obviously, you know, to to LAFC's lives, points, it's like, you know, it, it's a mental it, it could be a mentality issue because of, you know, the way that this team um is not able to finish games this is the second time first time happened in portland now this time hap- happened at home because y- y- you're like lafc was literally 30 like what 30 seconds away from walking away with three points
3: yeah. no and don't forget the the new york city game that happened at, at ben california stadium too that they scored right. the late equalizer i think that's, i think that's third my, third biggest, my biggest takeaway of that is that when tristan blackman out of all people scores a goal in the seventy-seven in the 77th minute, you should probably not be losing that game. Like there should be a way for you to be able to close out that last, let's say, thirteen minutes plus stoppage time, whatever it was. So I think that, and I asked Bob that after the game because I was there. And you know, it's it's one thing to say, okay, maybe LAFC is not playing the way you know that people are used to seeing them. But Carlos Vela has scored in four consecutive games. You get a goal from Tristan Blackman after losing Murillo to an injury. So like these are all positive signs that hey, this is a good thing. And then all of that gets wiped out of the wind, like wiped out the way when you let. Ah, uh, Dotson score that that goal there at the end. So, I think for me, what Bob said basically was like, it's just we we need to be smarter in these certain situations. But once again, it goes back to like I asked him. I was like, what is it that's just not resonating? Because it seems like there's a disconnect there. Where if you guys are are talking about this week after week, but still continuously making the same mistakes, like what's that about? So I think it is. I think there needs to be a little bit more cohesion with maybe somebody being a leader and unfortunately uh, Eddie Segura was somebody that Bob mentioned that he wanted to be kind of that guy. So it's, it's kind of sad that he's not going to be on the field for them again this season, because that's taking, I guess one of the vocal people out. Um, he had also mentioned that he wanted Murillo to, to kind of step up in that role with him injured. That's kind of tough. So it's, I, I do think that's the most pressing part is like, who is the the person that's stepping up and taking the, the bulk of this, uh, you know, I guess criticism inside and, and trying to make things work because, Everybody gets so caught up and all oh, they're you know, d- disconnected and stuff like that. But it's like, it's not just that. It's that they're dropping points. They're losing games, maybe that they shouldn't be losing. And when you have these results happening at home, when the season gets deeper into September and October, these are the games that you're going to remember and say, oh, snap, we're missing points that we need this and that. I said it to you yesterday, Gio. The important part here for these teams is to try to get a home playoff game. For LAFC to have to go on the road and play a team like SKC, who they'll see tomorrow or have to play a Galaxy game in Carson. Like, those things are not going to benefit them, and then they'll look back and say, oh, man, we dropped so many points in these last few moments. So um, I think that's the most concerning part there for that game, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, you do mention a a great point, and it's right, like, the the leaders, right? Yeah. And it's obviously, when I think about the leader, I think about Carlos Velas, but he he doesn't um, strike me as the guy that's going to be as vocal as you, you would expect from other leaders, right? Um, I don't know this because I'm not in the locker room or anything like that, but that, I'm just going off of w- what I read from Carlos Vela, right? I don't know if he's, he's a type of player that will get on his teammates or, you know, rub, rub the teammates the wrong way. I think he just leads uh, by by performing on the field, right? And that's the way I see him. Um, you know, I could be wrong on that, but that's the way I see him. He performs on the field. He stays late. He'll stay late in practice. He'll do amazing things on the field. Uh, on the vocal side, I don't I don't see that much of him, um, you know. So, and and then and, and then like you look at who else. Obviously, they they got younger guys. Murillo's injured. Eddie going can be out. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of younger guys, and know I don't know if the language barrier it, it, it would be any issue. I'm definitely. I mean, with Kim and obviously, it would. But I, I, you know, it's interesting. You know, um, Bella mentioned him a, as a leader and the way he's doing. But I I think LAFC, the players with LAFC lead in in a different way. And I think when things kind of get hard, we don't really see that like responsibility or the other players essentially talking about uh, what we do in other locker rooms and other experiences like, hey, you know what? This was on me or this was, uh, you know, we need to do this, this and that. And I think that's, that's one of the things that may be missing um, for LAFC. But I think the positive side you also hit on it was uh, Carlos Vela, uh, you know, scoring, what was it, you just said, four, four consecutive games. So yeah. I, I I got the goal here. I'm going to play it, and then uh, I, wanted JP, I want to, JP, I want your thoughts on uh, Carlo Della.
0: Good step there from Sifu. He read it perfectly. Feeds it through into space here for Carlos Vena. Vena trying to streak his way in. Vena, Vena, Vena! Third straight game, he finds the back of the net and Taking
1: the lead. Well, I guess it's third straight game um, to go to his fourth. JP, obviously seeing that goal, when I see that goal, that reminds me of the Carlos Vela, the 2019 Carlos Vela. And, you know, seeing the slow motion, how he chips it over Tyler Miller, right? And him being in motion and scoring these goals. How are you feeling about Carlos Vela now?
2: Um, yeah, Carlos Vela is, is the closest we've seen him to his um, 2019 MLS campaign. You know, um, he's back. He said it um, today in the press call. You know, he feels comfortable. He feels confident. He doesn't, you know, have any injury in the back of his mind. Um, he feels 100%. And you can see it, you know, three straight games. Um, he always wants the ball now. Um, and, like you, and like you said, that's I think that's how he leads. Um, you know, he looks at his teammates and no other teammate can say anything to him because he's always the one wanting the ball, creating chances, scoring. Um, you know, putting the team on his back more or less, um, giving giving the team leads or, you know, sealing the sealing the games off. So Vela's back. Um we can't really ask too much more of Vela. Of Vela. This is what we expected from him. Um it's just the rest of the team, I think, that needs to step up and then, you know, be be cohesive as a unit.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think uh, you know with, with Carlos. I think when you, whenever you see a leader like Carlos Vela starting to score goals and starting to do what what we're, we're expected of him, just do do. I think it elevates the team. And but like those last thirty seconds or whatever, I you know it's being able to close out those games. And I think I think right now that's the difference of you know L.A.S.C. being what in fifth place to supposed to be in a, in a higher position. Um, but then they're, they're they're not too far off and I think tomorrow's game is ve- is very important for them it's very big because I mean they, they can move up in the standings and you know but it's, a, it's also gonna be a tough game uh, I live see live I, I got Tristan Blackman's goal I want to play the goal and I don't want to get your thoughts because when I saw Tristan Blackman score this goal I was like this has to be the game winner, you know? This has to be the game winner. You know, Tristan Blackman gets it in there. Like, LAFC can just drop back a little bit and, you know, tend to play, to play it safe. Obviously, that didn't happen, but let's talk about Blackman's goal.
0: 32-52 doing their thing behind the Minnesota goal. headed to the corner.
2: so perfect from Blackman he spins off doesn't even have to jump just times it well redirects
0: it to the back post Tyler Miller's
1: just stuck nothing so obviously we know LAFC had struggled defending set pieces but I think the positive is seeing finally seeing them scoring a set piece header and uh, Tristan Blackman doing this uh what were your thoughts once that goal went in LAFC life?
0: I was excited. I thought that was also a confidence booster for Tristan Black, and not only for the team, but for himself, because he's been kind of up and down this season and getting a goal in front of the home crowd, in front of the 32-52 right there. I mean, that's a major confidence boost. It was almost like a sigh of relief as he saw him blowing kisses to the crowd. So he's like, oh, he's finally got that goal. And I was, okay, thinking, okay, set so shot, shop. I'm just close it out, I'll get the three points at home, and we're good to go. Unfortunately, that's not how it went. Uh, mental lapses. But uh, when that goal went in, I thought, I thought we were good. It was like around the 77th minute. And uh, you're, you're feeling pretty good if you're an LAFC fan. Uh just wasn't meant to be. And, uh, yeah, we saw the rest played out.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think w- after that goal, right, like um, I said earlier, I was like, this is LAFC's time, right? They, they're going to get – they have the Pinchetto to win go, win this game. But then in the 90 – obviously, the 95th minute, uh, Has- Hassani Dotson scores uh, the game-tying goal. And, obviously, you know, like – the, the life of the stadium just just pretty much went out because you're like, dang, this happen- is happening again uh, to LAFC because I, I felt for the most part they were the better team. But to only walk away with one point uh, instead of three and dropping points, I think that's what makes it really difficult. And, you know, you look like to what we spoke earlier is uh, the mentality of this team. and I, I wanted to, to to close things out because I think – with, and there's also going to be – there's there's going to be some, so much more turnover, right? Obviously, let's talk about that. You know, uh, Jesus Murillo left at, at halftime. We know he's not going to be available for Wednesday's game. Now, Eddie Segura is out. How how are you feeling about this team? Because obviously the center back position is feeling very light. Uh, to be honest with you,
0: I'm not very confident right now. Losing both starting center backs who on their best days, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm trying to be biased here. They're probably – two or two of the best center backs in MLS when they're on their day, a good partnership to lose both of them. Um, is not good. Now we're going to probably see Tristan Blackman and fan at center back, which no fan. I mean, if you do want to see that kudos to you, but I don't want to see that. That's just a nightmare waiting to happen. I'll be at the game tomorrow. So I can't wait to see that partnership if it's the case. Um, and then also the confidence that I was talking about Tristan Blackman, it was there after he scored, and then it went down after giving up the late goal. And then now maybe it's going down again because it's like, oh, okay, now I'm the center back again and now I'm playing far fan next to me. So how's that going to work? So there's going to be a lot of turnover. Hopefully um, we need a proven center back. I'm not talking about a 16-year-old potential center back or someone from Vegas lights. I'm talking like we need a center back right now. That's proven. That's just a real nasty uh, – I can't say the words, but, you know, a real nasty person and center back. <laughs> it doesn't take no crap. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need. We don't need someone soft and someone that's going to, you know, provide leadership back there. So. We'll see what happens. Got a
1: couple of days to go. Yeah, and I think I think uh, with that, I don't I don't think I feel like in a center back and defense. Um, I know see their, their pipeline is South America and obviously uh, in Africa as well. But I, I feel like center back position, you don't really got to go outside the MLS and because obviously. One one of those benefits is obviously not having to wait with visa things and all those things. What's going on with obviously with Christian, but Andy, Andy, let's talk about the center back position, right? Because Eddie Segura is out with the ACL uh, surgery, which happened Monday. I think we were surprised when we got the notification, we got the uh, information sent to us, and even Bob said he he was um he was surprised because it was it was a non contact play uh, that happened in, in Portland, and I, I don't know if it was you or someone asked him, about how he felt about the turf. And I think we're, we're all on the same page. Like, I would like to see like every stadium in the MLS be played on grass. Obviously, that's not the case in this moment, but that potential could have led to it, but Bob didn't want to comment on that. Um, but this, the center back positions is, is thin now. No Murillo, no Eddie Segura. Um, and tomorrow's game is, is, is not going to be an easy one for them in the def- defensive end.
3: Yeah, uh, it definitely is surprising. I actually asked Bob after the the uh, Minnesota game, why Segura didn't play. And he said that it was just a, a, a nagging knee injury that they were monitoring. But he said that Eddie that day said that he was ready to play, which is, you know, the span of what a, a few days and that turns into an ACL surgery. So um, that's that's interesting. And the same thing with Moody. I, I um, He said today during the press call that Moody, they were monitoring him for tomorrow's game. But then everybody's apparently saying that he's out on the injury report. So I don't know where the, <laughs> the disconnect is on that end. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate for LAFC because they are, you know, the two center back, the pairing is, is great. And unfortunately this is going to start bringing the name Walker Zimmerman back around for, you know, the circles of the conversation is that deep. But this is, this is the type of stuff that you have to deal with in, you know, out of nowhere things happen. And this is unfortunate because they're, they just get this big sign in and trying to address their issues in the front line. And now they're like, Oh snap. Now we got to deal with defensive lapses. So I think you hit it. Um, Perfectly earlier, when you said that Bob was very candid and just like today, the fact that there's going to probably be some more players coming in, there may potentially be some more players leaving. Like, though, I definitely expect a lot of uh, movement to continue to happen within these next few weeks for LAFC because if they're, if they're looking at anything long term for, for Moody and then they're already thin, then never mind if somebody else gets hurt there, uh, shoot, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Harvey get back on the field at some capacity, which is crazy to even think of, but uh, it's just like. The options are, are definitely thin, especially now that uh, they've been playing with that that makeshift back line of three and five. Um, I think the idea with Chicho being there would probably be more of a four three three again. But, you know, that's still ways away for that to happen. So, uh, yeah, LAFC has a lot to deal with right now with, uh, with these two injuries in the, in the back, which is something that was completely unexpected. But then again, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's happened in this past week or so have been pretty unexpected for LAFC. So here we are.
1: Yeah, no, and I just pulled up right there. I know you guys saw the image. That was the play, the injury report for tomorrow. So Maria was out with a hamstring uh, injury. So that, that I just want to put up there because I saw that on the player injury report. But I think also when when I look at this and when I see this LAFC team, I don't see them playing a five-three-two. And the reason I see that because you don't got three center backs to play in that in that back anymore. You don't you don't got and right you even say unless you put Jordan Harvey, Farfon, and Blackman. But I don't think I don't think that is, is something you want to try, right? I see this more as a go them going back to a four three three for tomorrow's game. I see it going back. I see them going back to that, right? But who is going to be? I think the, we can assume the back line, the midfield. Obviously, uh, that, that, that's easy to predict. But up top, I think that the other who, who would if they go back to the four three three, right? We have not seen enough of Rodriguez, Brian Rodriguez, for him to get the start um obviously cory baird is now gone obviously mark anthony k is also gone so who do they pull up do they call kyle jennings uh, do they call danny Masewski? right or, uh christian orango is not going to be available for tomorrow's game so it's not an easy task for bob bradley uh to to to, to go into tomorrow's game and win this game right or, and not want to come up with a tie because no one wants to see a tie and you definitely don't want to see a loss tomorrow, right? So I, I think I think Bob has his has his hands full, and unfortunately, that this, this is this is what it is. Being a head coach sometimes, um, but I, but but you know I do want to credit Bob being being so honest in today's call because I, I've, uh, I I'm not he he was so straightforward today. He was so straightforward about this team and. The, the potential moves he said he he you know I'm paraphrasing him but he said potentially one or two more players that could be added and I, to, to me I think it, one of those obviously it's pretty clear it's a center back you're going to want to get a center back because of, of these injuries but another thing is I know there was there was other reports linked I know live you, you retweeted about another forward potentially coming in but you know I think it makes it interesting JP uh, let's talk about that Let, let's say we can we can assume and predict the, the back line the midfield but who who else would you would you like to see up to, up top with uh, with uh, with Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela? Because to me, it's not it's not a clear answer. Uh for tomorrow's game or in general, tomorrow, tomorrow, just for tomorrow's game. I want B Rod
2: um, because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sit back. You can't you can't go all out without having center backs to 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 protect us in the counter attack. So we're gonna definitely gonna have to sit back. Uh, we're we're gonna play the counter, which is what we did the first time when we went to Kansas City um it was the first time you know the the five in the back really worked out um i don't think we're gonna play five in the back tomorrow but we we know we can sit back on them they're not gonna have bucio they're not gonna have pulido um so they're not gonna be as strong going up, up front um so yeah i want b-rod on the wing uh maybe vela at the nine so he can retain the ball because he's the biggest body there um but yeah i want to see b-rod we're gonna send him some balls and hopefully with the speed he can he can get past defenders and and create some some danger but um yeah i mean we can all assume what the back line is but ultimately it's bob bradley who who we don't have the the most faith in you know managing games because he couldn't make substitutions at the end of the 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 minnesota game you know you can't waste time um you can't bring b-rod in and for the counter at the last five minutes it's just we can assume it but i'm not sure if what bob is going to do and then i think that's what the biggest fear is
1: I well, let's talk about that because to me, I don't, I don't, I understand the point of not subbing. I was surprised B. Rod didn't play that last game, but I feel like it's more on the the, that tie is more on the players because there was only like what thirty seconds left. That that that's just the way I see it. But yeah, you could you could have brought B. Rod, you could have brought other uh, other people, but they were on the way to to win that game. So I, I feel like it's more on the players than than on Bob. But go ahead, JP. Well, my thing is, well, I was at the game, right? Um, but my thing is,
2: um, when Farfan went down, Harvey ran to the bench, and then they ultimately waved him off. But you had Cheeky, Farfan, and and Blackman, three improvised center backs. There, you have to put somebody else in the middle. You have to, you know, put something else in there to 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 help defend because they're not all center backs. So you're obviously, if you want to save this result and get these three points, I think you have to put an ex- you have to put Giniela in at the six or, or a middle in there. To help secure to secure that back line that's improvised um but i mean yeah i mean i saw when when that going in vela and everybody was just gutted it, it just took the, the breath out of the stadium um and yeah i mean bob just stood there at the end and and, and it just it was just heartbreak
1: yeah i mean it, it was it wasn't an easy I, I couldn't believe him scoring and you know even Tomas romero he, uh, that wasn't on him but he was well positioned and then just it's just the way sometimes these games has gone for 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 LAFC. But LAFC Live, we got to talk about your board Corey Baird. I know you had made a uh, uh, the jersey, the uh, jersey, the jersey thing. So yeah, look yeah. So I wish I had the clip. I wish I would have clipped it here. But <laughs> there was there was a bet, right? And I yeah. think the bet was if, if Corey Baird scored ten goals or yep. more than ten goals, that LAFC Live would get a Corey Baird jersey. Yep. Obviously, Corey Baird gets traded <laughs> to Houston. And the first thing that comes into my message, uh, something along the lines from Alex, like, I don't have to get the bear jersey, Bob, <laughs> <on."> <laughs> And I was like, okay, you saved yourself a hundred bucks. Good for you. Yeah. But um, let's, let's talk about Corey Baird because um, to me, the way I see this, Corey Baird was just there uh, to essentially be there when Brian Rodriguez was gone. And he was going to get, he was going to get, I I think about three months or whatever the longest. So if Brian Rodriguez got sold, then I think maybe Corey Baird is potentially on this team or maybe not. Um, and I just saw him like essentially as a stopgap and that's what it was. But LAFC was able to flip him for 250,000, which is good business, right? Um, what, what are your thoughts on obviously the Corey Baird move and how LAFC uh, dealt him? Uh, well, Bye. See ya. Uh, not it doesn't
0: really affect me or
1: I don't care. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like what well, does affect it? because you don't have to spend uh, a <laughs> hundred dollars. That's good. Um
0: <laughs> yeah, hope he does well in Houston. All the best of luck. Thanks for I think you got two goals for us and yeah, thank you. Um but other than that, um, you know, when he first came to the team, he wasn't a lot of people are saying he's not meant to be the striker and he was just a stopgap and he's the holdup guy. Uh, I think he struggled a lot and he was no upgrade on Bradley Wright Phillips, obviously, or even Adio. Or he's probably out of our strikers that we've gone on LAFC at the number nine. He's probably at the low end of the totem pole there. Um, so the fact that we flipped him so early, that means that the front office is like, was obviously watching the game, seeing that we need to make moves. We actually need a real number nine. So I give him kudos of, of that for flipping them and uh getting rid of some of the dead weight. Uh like I said, um, you know, wish him all the best in Houston. Hopefully he does success over there. And uh, yeah, I mean I saved a hundred bucks too, which is good. So
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to click in the chat. Uh uh Grimace says stop Baird was seven fifty, not two fifty. Yes, they got they got uh they believe I believe they got seven hundred and fifty uh uh in what was it, Tam or allocation money, but they paid they paid about $500,000 to get them. So they made, uh, what I was saying is, they made two, uh, $250,000 profit that they will be able to use uh, for other players. But you're right. They, they did get seven hundred and fifty. dollars but I was just subtracting what they paid, what was RSL. Um, so that, that's why. So I just wanted to clear that up. Um, and But yeah, um, obviously the, the news was announced. We all knew about uh, Christian Arango. Um, Andy, you, you got some history with that jersey. Let's talk about the jersey and how that relates to Christian Arango.
3: This is Envigado Football Club. This is uh, one of Colombia's, I want to say, stepping stone teams. Uh, it is one of the four teams in the city of Medellin. Um, and it's on the lower scale, but a lot of players that have uh, really progressed out of Colombia have at some capacity either started their professional careers at Envigado or played there. Hames uh, being the most notable one, Juan Fernando Quintero. I mean, all, basically everybody, because it's really one of the teams that that really practices on the youth, and their their like slogan is like they're uh, the fountain of um, heroes. So they they're the ones that kind of like build up these players. So this is actually where uh, Chicho started his uh, professional career. Fun fact there, uh, which is why I wore that um, jersey for today. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to to see him finally get here. Um, I think that it's still going to be interesting to see how long it takes because he's still waiting on visa and he's not, everything is not done yet. So he's here and he's practicing, but it's not done yet. But my, my thought process is we've had, they've had Brian Rodriguez back for what now, let's say a month or so. And we haven't been seen him really get integrated into the team much. And granted it's a different position, but you're talking about a guy that already knew the system and that hasn't been able to get back on the field. So Chicho has to learn the system, learn, you know, how LAFC functions, which is why I mentioned earlier the four three three 3 3 going back to play. And there, um, it's going to, it's, he's a traditional striker. He's a goal scorer. He's tough on the ball. He's, he's a good, he's, you know, he's good in the area. But I've said it before on this podcast like the striker in LAFC's uh, offense has never been a traditional, has never been a traditional position because of the way that they, the way that they play and swap the wings. So I hope that the, the idea is that he could kind of fall into it easily. But I feel like it's going to be a tough, um, adaptation process for him just in the in the beginning knowing that it is really complex how lafc plays offense but once again we were just mentioning it with um with Corey baird and it's like if say god forbid something happens to chicho and he gets hurt for a few games like what does lafc do what's their option number two and i think we're seeing the same thing across town with the galaxy right now and they're like chicharito goes down who's our backup striker and i think that's the the more pressing part like Bob talking about there needs to be more players coming in, or there might be you know some movement. Like, what else does LAFC have up their seats? Because they're just going to bang all on you know Chicho being the savior here. All of a sudden, I don't think that's going to be um, feasible. So I think he'll do well. I, th- I think it's going to take some time, but like I mentioned earlier, these are the it's going to be in the months that LAFC really needs to. Cr- it's going to be crunch time when they're looking at positioning for the playoffs in, in September and October. So I'm excited. He's from Eugene, where I'm from. Uh, hopefully I get to speak to him more on a personal level soon. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. He's a good player. I just don't um, I've seen good players from Colombia come to MLS and not do well. And I've also seen players come and surprise. So uh, the one truth about the Colombian League is that it's been on a decline for the past few years. The quality has not been great, but Chicho played at one of the biggest teams in Colombia. He's coming from a city, which I think this is pretty, pretty cool. He's coming from a city that has a crosstown rival. That's one of the bigger teams in, in the Colombian League. So that Galaxy LAFC thing is going to translate here pretty well. Uh, the fans for the team that he used to play with, uh, Mitranadios, they're very passionate, like LAFC fans. He talked a little bit about that today when he got caught leaving the stadium in Colombia, and they kind of like hounded him to take pictures and all that. So um, it, it'll be it'll be cool. It'll be cool for him, and hopefully, uh, you know, I wish him all the best. Every time there's Colombians that that make it here to MLS, I hope I hope to see him all do well.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he's finally seen it, able to talk, and at these pictures. I know you see some of the comments. People were saying he kind of looks like Maluma a little bit, and I kind of I kind of see it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I do kind of see it. But uh, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect Maluma or Chicho. But um, I mean, if he plays with the swagger, man, it look he looks good in, in the black and gold, and finally able to get, get to get see to see him pictures of him in training is really good. But Andy, I think you make a very great point. It's not going to be an easy transition because uh, I don't think it will because, uh, right, if LAFC or LAFC fans expect them to score goals right away, it, c- it could turn out that way, right? Or it could turn out – may, it may take them a couple weeks. It may take them a couple months um, to potentially get that first goal because uh, it's not it, – it, to understand the offense, right, you said Brian Rodriguez hasn't been able to uh, essentially crack the lineup. Maybe Brian Rodriguez's case is a little bit different. Maybe there's other things that lead to that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't see uh, maybe in a perfect world, I could see Chicho coming in and scoring right away, but I don't see that not because I don't believe in him is because I think he needs to get still adjusted uh, and well, will look at August and then they're trying to get, they're going try to get wins. Um. Obviously, I don't know his background as well as you do, and uh, how well he he, he he's he's going to be able to perform. But the the opportunity is going to be there, right? And I think the biggest thing right now, outside of the visa thing, is also going to it's also uh, him to see where he's at, um, physically and and, and health wise, right? Is he able? Is he going to be able to go for what forty five minutes? Is he, is he able to go ninety minutes, right? But then nevertheless, it, it's a signing. It's a signing that everybody has asked for. It's a signing. That a lot of LFC fans I know that listen to the show have want, wanted a, a number nine striker, and LFC finally got the guy. Now we just got to see. Hopefully, I don't know if obviously he's not going to be available for tomorrow, but uh, potentially the, the, this upcoming weekend. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it has to be exciting. I know a lot of people feel relieved, but I feel relieved on the offensive side, but with the, with the defensive issues and injuries, I know, I know it's like a, it's a bittersweet feeling. JP, how are you feeling uh, about uh, Christian Arango?
2: Um, I'm feeling good. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna kill it. Um, I think it's it's a it's a very plausible concern that you know Andy brings up um, that he might not fit in immediately. Um, but Moon, other than his injury, um, gelled into the team more or less seamlessly. You know, it took him like four four or five weeks, if anything, because of the injury, and I think that's why it took him so long. Um, and I think at the nine. L.A.F.C. creates chances, so he's gonna get opportunities on the ball. Um, he just needs to put them away, um, and I think he he can do that. And you know, like Andy says, um, he's not your your traditional number nine, um, and and I don't think Bob ex- ex- exactly wants a traditional number nine. So they can play off of each other. They can create space. Um, the thing about Rossi and Vela is that they they want somebody to to pull to pull people away to create spaces for them, and that's what Orango is because. Um, he can play the nine, or he can, you know, check in and, and pinch in at the ten, which creates a lot of space behind the defenders for, for Rossi and Vela, which is, you know, gonna help the team immensely. Um, all, all the highlight or a lot of the highlighted goals for Orango are headers. We don't we don't score headers, um, so that's another plus that I see. Um, he has a he has a mid range shot or, a, or sorry basketball mm-hmm. term, but you know, outside of the box shot, but which is what, another thing that we need. Um, only Sifu and Atuesta more or less have that um, that we've seen. So I think he's gonna he's gonna come in and, and kill it, um, especially right now that he's training, um, and not doesn't have the visa. I think these training sessions are really helping him um, gel into
0: the team.
1: Yeah, live. How you feeling? Is is it? Are you you feel good with, with the striker that they got with Christian Arango?
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel really good about it. Um, you know, I said the same thing last time about Ryan Rodriguez when we got him. But you know how that is going right now, but uh, it's a little bit more. Um, this is what we need right now, number nine. I've seen some of their fans say he can play a number 10 as well, but, I mean, if he can adapt to this league quickly, and uh, that would be more successful for us. Plus, you have King-Wan attacking my right side and putting balls into the box. Hopefully, he's going to be there to finish him and head him in. And then he's going to bring pressure away from Bella and Rossi, too, uh, working the channels. And I'm sure during the game, you know, Rossi, Bella and Chicho, when we're all starting together, they will be switching. Like, hey, you can play them 9 I'll go on the left wing here vice versa and like JP said he's got a free kick on him he's got a shot outside the box something that most of the number nines I've never had so that's going to be exciting as well and he looks nasty too he looks like he's a real icy guy which is exciting because I want that in the number nine I want someone to stand and Bella's getting kicked all game I want someone to stand up for him you know and then same thing with Ross you could our players um so I'm really excited for that I'm really pumped and let's hope he uh, hits the ground running and starts scoring goals as soon as he sees the pitch
1: yeah and, I, and I, the thing that I really like is that uh about this is, is something that that it, it's his age. He's 26 years old because we know LAC typically um go for younger players and I like that the reason why I bring up his age is cuz I feel like he's He's, he's he has more experience, right? Obviously, he's still young. He's not old, but I think I like that it's someone that is 26 years old, has had uh, you know experience playing professionally for a number of years, right? Now, now with uh, obviously we know LAFC usually likes to go for younger guys, but I think you know him having that experience, right, and, and playing in Colombia and being playing for Millonarios, right, and everything that Andy said. I think it's, it's going to be good, and I think certain things will be able to come easier for him, for him to understand. Because I, look, if you know how to play football, you know you you know what you do, right? I, I, I just learning set pieces, learning how to communicate with your, with your teammates in English, and maybe Kim Wan. Obviously, those are the things, and being able to talk with Bob Bradley and understand what Bob Bradley wants out of you. I think those are those are going to be the things that may take some time. But if Christian knows how to play football, it, no matter what formation to play we're going to see that right away. You know know what I'm saying? If he's a baller, he's a baller. If he's a footballer, we're going to see that right away and we're going to notice that right away. And I don't think we're going to do – I don't feel like we're going to be disappointed because to me it comes across like to your point, LFC, like that dude got some edge. Just just, just like talking to him in the press conference – He's excited to be in by Los Angeles, but he's also a talk, you know, he talked about today because I, I don't know who asked him in the press call, but they were like, like how do you see your role, right? Because obviously Rossi's there, Vela's there. And he talked about, like, you know, he essentially he said he's like, I I see myself scoring goals, assisting. And he also said he's sacrificing on the defensive end. I think that was the biggest thing that stood out to me because, you know, when you want to win, it's not just doing the offensive side. It's also doing the things that that you know you're 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 not supposed to do, or you're not essentially you're, then people don't expect you to do expect you to do do and that and that's on the on the defensive side. Andy, let's talk a little bit more about what Bob Bradley said today. I'm, I'm gonna pull up this quote uh, on you know I know we hit it on the head a little bit earlier, but I think it's very interesting because um, when he kept bringing it up about you know yeah I'll, I'll just read the quote. Here's Bob Bradley quote that says the team in a few weeks cannot look the same. We're in different we're in different type of discussions on whether or not we bring a player or two. And I think it was also hinting. Uh, obviously, he talked about it uh, earlier uh, about players leaving. They, he mentioned that they were evaluating players uh, that, that would potentially stay here and all of this and that. Um, what players because I got a few players in mind, but what players could you see potentially not being here in a couple of weeks? I think the, the biggest two names that keep getting circulated were
3: the ones Diego Rossi and, and Eduardo which is at this juncture, if that were to happen right now, then I feel like that would kind of bring LAFC fans down a lot um, on confidence on what they're doing. Because I think with the Mark Anthony K thing, maybe to us it was a surprise, but the way that I get I got informed about it and the way that it kind of played out, like this was something I was already in the works a long time ago. And – I, I don't think that anybody on the team was necessarily surprised that that was happening. I don't think Mark himself was surprised that was happening for Bob to come on and say this today. Kind of makes me believe like he knows that somebody's mm-hmm. leaving. Cause like you said earlier, it's not something that he would typically do. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be a good idea for, for either um, Rossi or Atuesta to, to leave right now in terms of the LAFC side for them. Sure. Whatever that that's a whole different discussion depending on where they go. But um, yeah, this team, you know, they're going to have to figure something out if that is the case. And even if it's not, even if, if he's talking more about bringing people in, then like I mentioned earlier, you're still going to have to try to get some more um, some more backups and whether it's a striker, another striker to kind of play second fiddle or whether it's another defender to help with this Abura injury. Because like I mentioned, you know, all you're only an injury away from kind of being thrown for another loop. And God forbid somebody else gets seriously injured for, for I just say for a few stretchy games, then you're kind of scrambling like, I've said this all throughout the season. I feel like now it's more true. Like, all of this depth that we talked about LAFC having, it's like, now it's like, all right, it's it's a midfield and that's it. And even when it's the midfield, it's like you have Poncho that you're like, okay, you hope that he could really integrate himself more that Kay's not there. You have Bryce Duke who has shown flashes but has not gotten enough time. But it's like, like, is Danny Mazowski coming off the bench in a playoff game do anything for anybody? I don't think so. You know, there's certain there's certain pieces that, like, LAFC is going to need to, you know, to kind of get stronger and if they really want to uh, go forward and be a contender because just a little uh, bit on the Arango piece, like, let's just say he's not available this week at all. Let's just say he doesn't play in San Jose. The next game that he would be able to play would be in Atlanta. And I don't know if Bob Bradley, the way he feels about turf and the way he feels mm-hmm. about this discussion that's been going on, would want to throw Chicho out there in that stadium in front of 60,000 people in a football stadium, which he's never played in in his life to make his debut there. Then they come back here and they play another uh, Vancouver, I think, and then it's the Galaxy game. So, like, it's it's a it's going to be a tricky spot when to get them in and pick those battles. And I think that's why I mentioned that's the most important thing because if a player is not acclimated fully, you're not throwing him into a Galaxy game. Not at this point of the season, I don't think at any point. We've seen in the past what's happened with LASC players in in big Galaxy moments. So that's that's why I'm like this needs to this needs to if it's going to happen, it needs to roll fast. If Bob is th- thinking about people leaving, it needs to be like coming up and Bob is thinking about bringing people in and john thornton needs to be now because the season's coming like august is going to be a wash before you know with the galaxy game and obviously the result of that game always kicks a narrative and the the, i guess the course of your season in a certain way but after that we're talking september and october where like it's you start dropping these points now you're looking at it right now we're we're not going anywhere in the standings now these teams that are lower could kind of start creeping up and now you're having a a whole different conversation than one that we're having right now so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but like I said earlier, definitely expect some movement, and whether it's people leaving or people joining or both. Definitely expect that within the next week or so.
1: Yeah, no, I think t- to your point, I, I, you know, I think the two names that I think of is Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi, maybe Eduardo Uh because Bob kept kept bringing that up, you know, and it wasn't just about. I think the the knowns are like they need to get a center back. If that's the obvious known. Um, and obviously, you know there was like the the rumors. Like I know LAC Live retweeted about getting another forward. So if you get another, for, say let us say let's hypothetically speak. I don't like to speak in hypothetical terms, but the sense of what I got from Bob Bradley is that potentially it is Diego Rossi, and then you know that it could be we could potentially see Diego Rossi's last few games. I don't want to get ahead of myself because we without knowing this information right. Um, because it, then it gets tricky, right? Because then you are gonna wanna have Christian Aranga perform right away, and that's a lot of pressure to potentially ask on him. Um, but like you know, it's like if this roster doesn't look the same, uh, it means that a big piece is moving. And I know, and I know, I know. I talked to you that after after the press after the press call, but to me, like Carlos Vela uh, seemed a little bit uh, annoyed. I want to say, and I don't know if if he just didn't want to talk to the media or whatever. Obviously, we know he he's he not one to to prefer, but like, um, I just I, I, unless he was ready to go home. Um, but he, he 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 didn't strike me that he wanted to be on that press call, and that was the the first time that I, that I've seen him kind of kind of feel that way, or you know. And then I think he kind of he kind of just or he, that's the first time I, to me kind of came across. I don't know if he had to do something after, or he was just he was just ready to go. But I think maybe he obviously may know something uh, of what's going on, and obviously all these injuries because he was just very focused uh, when they asked him about Christian Arango. He, he the thing he, he kept bringing up and was talking about like, look, as long as he has a good attitude and knows understands that then he's going to succeed, and there's going to be opportunities and all those different things. And he kept bringing up about. about uh, him having a great attitude, and it, uh, makes me wonder like are there other players that are not having a great attitude uh, around the team? You know, because he he brought that up more than once, and I thought that was just interesting. But he also brought up that like, look, he you could tell like he's very focused and he wants to win a championship. And he was he was very focused on that. And to him, it obviously he was asked about the different changes within within the club and everything like that. And he talked about he's like, hey, this has happened since the first season. He's like, we just gotta you know paraphrasing here, but we just gotta be focused on what 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 we want to do this season. Um, JP, obviously, uh, we know that this center back position uh, needs to needs to be uh, needs to be filled. Um, but what are what are your feelings about obviously you know other players potentially leaving uh, the team?
2: Um, I think it ultimately just comes down to Rossi and, and Rodriguez. I don't think Atuesta is leaving because if he leaves, then we have no depth in the midfield. Um, is not going to fill in that void, and then Gignellos fills in that void, and Bryce do only option we have. So um, I don't think Atuesta is being touched until after after the season. Um, it's either going to you sacrifice Rossi or or Rodriguez has a has a buyer and they're ready to lose money um but yeah i mean i've been i've been clamoring for a center back since since like week five <laughs> when i wrote the five things that LFC needed i said there's only three viable center back options and if one of them are out then you, they're done um if if rossi and rodriguez goes that opens up a dp spot um david luis is a free agent um that that spot gets filled a, 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 a dp center back <laughs> A DP center back isn't, you know, the most famous thing in MLS, but um, it, it's definitely a leader in the back. Um, it's definitely going to help the team. Uh, maybe that's my, just, just my wishful thinking. But you don't even have to go outside, you know, because we we're, you know, we don't have that many international spots. You know, maybe you just loan, get a loan on the two best USL center backs there are, um, and you've helped fill, fill the void like that um, because – Segura's coming back at next season. It's not like we're, we're lost for a center back forever, you know. Um, we could just get a loan from a used PSL center back and, and fill that void. But, um, yeah, um, I think Rossi and Rodriguez are ultimately the ones that, that, that will leave and, and open up spaces um, for these moves to, to happen. But the transfer window's closing sooner rather than later, so the front office needs to get – John Thornton is not going to have a lot of, a lot of nights of sleep right now. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think they're definitely working. Uh, you know, the chats really wanting David Luiz, uh LHC Huas says David <laughs> Luiz is our guy. Let's go. Oh man. I don't I don't look, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. I just don't see it. I don't see it uh, yeah, with yeah. I don't yeah. see it with the with with this front office and where they're typically linked. Um, you know, we still have Luis is an icon and icon <laughs> Look, I look I like I I know who David Luiz is, and I think he could definitely help out this team the only the only issue that i see is lafc is typically not linked with in you know, with uh european players very very often they're more linked with the south american uh and african uh players and i think that's just the only thing and i think the only the the other issue to that is the visa process because right now you need you need a you need a center back yesterday for lafc right you need you need a center back yesterday and if you know, you know, if it takes a little bit more time, you know, for the visa process or everything like that, I just don't think you, I just don't think you need to go outside the MLS like I said earlier to get a center back. Um, obviously, I don't know how much, I don't know if they want to do a deep, they want to spend a DP spot uh, uh, on a center back because I think that I think that's 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 very bold. Um, and I think you would obviously if a David Lewis is what you obviously what you guys are are talking about. Obviously, you're definitely gonna want to spend. You're, you're definitely gonna have to spend some money, but I just don't see it. Uh, not because I don't think he's a great player. I just don't see LAFC going down that path. I see them going through the MLS path, and I think the MLS definitely has a lot of great center backs. Um, LFC Live, what are your thoughts? Because I know I know you're big on European players. You you, you have big expectations, all that. But what are your thoughts on, obviously, uh, on the potential moves that could happen for LFC? Uh, well, as far as departures,
0: I honestly... I, my heart almost dropped today. There was a tweet from LFC that had a, a video of Diego Rossi, and it said... <laughs> yeah. hey, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. I was like, wait, yeah. well, I had to read it again. I was like, oh, okay. But I honestly think he he could be on the way out before the end of August. And let's be honest, he's been kind of poor this season for his standards and our standards. We have for Rossi, his value is not going up on the way he's playing. So if, if they re, if they're viewing it the way we're viewing it, maybe he'll be sold soon. Um, that's just one of the players I could see departing and Rodriguez, his value is just shot. So I don't know if he, if Rossi leaves, I would assume Rodriguez is going to start because why else would they be looking at that uh, French forward uh, from going trying to come in here on a loan? Of an option to buy, that's just kind of weird because then we would have Rossi, Vela, Chicho, Rodriguez, the French Ford, Musso, Cal Jennings. So that's a crowded up front, and we have no center backs. But I think we do need to go the MLS route for a center back. Uh, David Luiz, I've seen him many times play uh, for Arsenal. He has a mistake in him, well, a couple, maybe had multiple mistakes in him. But in MLS, I think he'd succeed. Um, but the visa thing and the whole DP money and tam and gam and whatever you want to call it, it's just too complicated. I think to do for Dava Luis he's going to command a lot of money a week. He's not going to settle for, you know, uh, a million dollars a year. He's going to want a lot of money, you know? Um, so I think MLS is the only way to go for a center back and I don't want to be the cheap option. And like I said earlier, getting a 16 year old, 17 year old kid with potential, that's not going to win us MLS cup and neither are the Las Vegas lights defenders. Yes. They're going to be good in a couple of years, but we want to win now. It's just not going to work. So, um, I think MLS, we have to make a trade or go deep in the market and try and get something done here quickly.
1: Yeah. No. And to your point, I think I was reading this earlier on Twitter, but I think that the MLS, uh, secondary transfer window I'm reading right here closes on August 5th. I know the, the European transfer will co- closes on September, uh, 2nd, um, so I, I know they they can still do moves and everything, but like well, I think once the MLS closes, you can't necessarily do any moves within them. Still do uh, moves with with the rest of the world and Europe and all that thing. So I think it's, it's gonna be interesting what how, how LAFC does because I think if they are looking at a center back, right? Uh, obviously, to your point, I, John Thornton's definitely working. I, honestly I wouldn't be surprised LA, LAFC announced a center back by the end of the week. Uh, within you have to well yeah we're on a august uh, 3rd just a couple days away so i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the week or within a couple of days here that you know lafc has a center back uh within the mls because i think that that's what you need and it's definitely a necessity and obviously you have all you have the money and, uh, depending on uh, i know they they weren't um in the contract didn't talk about how much they're paying but i think with tam you can pay uh orango up to i think about a million dollars so uh, i know they got over a million dollars with uh mark anthony k and, and Corey baird so i know there's money definitely left over um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll see how, how how that plays out how, andy how are you feeling about about the black and gold obviously it's like we said it's, it's bittersweet but, obviously, uh, this team has championship aspirations, um, right? Uh, the, and it's right now And I asked Bob Bradley, you know, how he felt, if he felt like they were, ju- they were just about right or where he thought or they were above or below. And, you know, he was honest. He was like, I feel like, you know, he talked about that he was below of what the standards of, of uh, how they've been performing. But w- what were your thoughts on that and, obviously, on this team?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's no surprise or no shock to anybody that they have uh, been – you know, performing not up to par, up to their, you know, expectations this year. And we talked about it earlier in the season, like this is a season that they were really like, they knew there was going to be some turnaround. They knew players were going to have to leave and they were really all in basically, not that they weren't the other few years, but they were really all in on, you know, let's go to the MLS Cup. And right now it's, you know, it's, it's a step-by-step process. And I, this is the the great thing about, about the playoffs is I'm like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, how they get in, if they get in and like I'm, I'm, I'm talking so much about teams wanting to play home games, but I don't even think a home game right now was like would benefit LAFC as much as, you know, other teams, perhaps um, just because like, if you, if you get had at the right time in the playoffs, you can make a run. You have to win a few games and that's that. So um, I think they're just really trying to figure out what, you know, what they could do, what they have, what's the best way to move forward here. Um, and obviously bringing in Tisha is a big step in that direction, but it's going to be, it needs to be, I feel like everything that LAFC has tried this year has really not worked that great. And not in a sense of like players or just like, it's just in a sense of like the formation change hasn't really been ideal for them because they still haven't uh, amassed the points that they needed to, or maybe like trying to play here, trying to play here. Like I feel like everything has kind of been scrambled. Uh, The brightest spot to me, besides um, Tomas Romero coming in and being great in that has obviously been Sifu's emergence, but like, like LAFC Live has mentioned, like these players have been good at Westa and, and Vela and and Rossi, but like, when could you say all oh, these players have been great this season? I don't think we've seen that really from anybody besides the current stretch that Vela's on right now. And I honestly wouldn't call it great. I would call it good, but I wouldn't call it great compared to what we've seen in the past. But even a guy like Atuesta, Atuesta is just always going to be solid. He's always going to be good, but we haven't seen them co- cohesively be great. And that's the that JP has mentioned that we mentioned, like there needs to be more cohesion for them. So, I think that, listen, I've said this when they were struggling, and I'll say this again now that they're kind of in the middle pack. Like, I'm not concerned about them talent-wise because we all know that the talent is there, and if they put it together, they could be they could be anybody in this league at any given moment. But until we see that, we can't continue to say, okay, no, they'll be fine, no, they'll be fine. Because like I mentioned, now the season progresses. Now we're going to be talking about the middle of August soon, and we'll be talking about September, and these are not the type of months that you're saying, oh, no, maybe they'll be all right next week or in two weeks, like. This is when you need to start getting these points. So if they don't start putting points together, and I've always keep mentioning it, but if they go to that, if they go into that galaxy game and, and drop points and lose the galaxy, then we're going to be having a very, very different conversation at the end of this month than we're having right now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I feel like August is a very tight. It's a tight month for everybody because you also got to throw in the the All Star game there, right? Mm-hmm. Right before, right before. Uh, El Trafico, and then I think that that also, you know, it's gonna add a lot of you know, a lot of different things to, to, to the mix because it's, it's a big month for for a lot of people, like for a lot of players for LAFC, and obviously what, what they're trying to do. I just want to obviously pull up the standings here. Um, and, and I want to get your thoughts so far, uh, JP. Because if we look at the standings, obviously, we'll see LA, uh, Seattle's a number one with 32 points, SKC is number two with 30 points for LAFC play tomorrow. The Crosstown Rival, LA Galaxy is at 28, uh, 28 points. Colorado uh, is in fourth with 27. LAFC with 23 points. And Minnesota uh, with 23 points. Um, so we obviously, if you look at that, obviously, it's a, it's a, very, it's a very tight, tight, um, tight race right there. Uh, and that's why I feel like, obviously, tomorrow's game is, is so big. JP, when you see this, obviously, uh, you know, to Andy's point is once you get in, you have a chance. But what, what, when, you, when you look at where LAFC is currently placed and, you know, knowing how big uh, tomorrow's game is, how, how are you feeling about the team?
2: Um, I mean, about the standings, like, if you look at them, we're also Lake is missing a game, and they're only two points behind us. So we're closer to, to, seventh, to the seventh spot than we are to the fourth spot. Um, you know, these last two games, Colorado and LA dropped points. Uh, we dropped points. We missed the big opportunity to, to get into fourth, cement ourselves there. And you know, really create that distance between fifth and sixth at least. Um right now it's you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, you those are all interchangeable. Um, tomorrow's a big game, you know, SKC's at, at, at 30 points. Um, we're at twenty three, you know, a win puts us four points away. But you know, they're missing Bucio, they're missing Pulido, you know, one of them's hungover and one of them is sad um from <laughs> celebrating. But, you know, we we almost beat them. Um at, at, at Kansas City, you know, we were one up and then Blackman gets a red card and everything changes, but, you know, we can beat, we can play against these teams. We can beat these teams regardless if we're going to have to improvise on center backs, Um, You know, this is a, a true test. This is, you know, the first big final uh, maybe of the season, um, and if they win, then it's, it definitely can become a turning point, but, you know, they're really going to have to go and focus. No no room for errors, no room for mistakes, um, and really try to be as possible to, to get you know, at least a tie, um, or 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 three win, or a win, because it's been three home games and they haven't won a single one. So you kind of have to finish it off with a, with a win at least before going on the road. You know, Atlanta and, and all these other games that, that can be tricky.
1: Is Let me ask
3: deal real quick. You, you, you talked about earlier about the, the games that they've dropped these points and or they have these lapses in the last moment. Minnesota, right there under them. Portland <laughs> is right there, creeping on the line. So like they're they're like they're not. These teams you expect to be in the mix are teams that have already given LAFC problems, one here in California, and then one, obviously, the Portland game. So if Portland creeps in there, and let's talk about Real Salt Lake, they, they've been playing tough against everybody right now. So these are – these are like the Western Conference is a tough, tough conference. You're not talking about teams that you're going to just walk over at any capacity. So, you know, Portland creeps in or Minnesota is going to continue to, I guess, improve if they have good talent. Like it's going to be hard for LAFC, which is why we're saying that if you don't start getting these points – now, then you're gonna you're gonna kind of get into a tough situation down the road.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the way, the why we, we see the stands right there, and, and it's always so tight, and you know, and it, and no game is an easy game uh, in the West, and uh, you know, and how competitive. And there's the other obviously everybody's trying to trying to beat each other up, and you know, tomorrow that's why I feel like tomorrow's game uh, is so so important for them. But it's also gonna be it's not it's gonna be such a tough game, and they're gonna be tested because their their depth. Is really going to be limited, but at the end of the day, I feel like LAFC can, can still win. Um, live, let, let's go, let's go to, uh, give, give, give me your thoughts about tomorrow's tomorrow's game. And obviously what you want to see from, from this LAFC team with limited uh depth in the center back position.
0: Well, I think tomorrow night, I mean, LAFC is getting so desperate. We have Ted Lasso night tomorrow and they have the believe <laughs> like, it's a yeah. game. It's the middle of the season, but I understand the marketing and whatnot, but, uh, I, i'm interested to see about the center backs uh preparing or what the formation i mean you might see something crazy tomorrow where jordan harvey's playing center back or something like that or even that kid fall who's like i think only like 18 or 19 or under 21 for sure he might be playing center back so or maybe poncho maybe poncho might get the playing time at center back i don't really know what it's going to look like but uh, <laughs> that would be scary i'll tell you that much because all you have to do is just put the ball right past him and you're gone but um, it's going to be interesting. Um, But just based on these names alone, I'm about to say, you got Kim Uman, Palacios, Atuesta, Suplentes, Vela, Rossi, and now Chicho. Based on that alone, you have the talent to win the games. And Rodriguez, minus his attitude on his day, pure talent, you can win the game. So there's no reason that this team cannot... Win. Chicho's not
1: going to be available. Sorry. Chicho's um, not going to be
0: available. No, I know. What I'm saying is, when he is available, based on his talent, which we're going to assume he's going to act like a, you know, a DP, even though he's not a DP, let's just act like he's going to be. Based on that talent alone, you should be winning games. So it's all going to be up to here, mentality, and up here for heart. If you want to play, then we're, we're going to lose games. And the lack of concentration, which has been happening all season long, I mean, that's going to fall on the players. It's going to fall on Bob. It's going to fall on training. So tomorrow, I keep saying to be positive, I think we're going to get a win. I'm going to the game. We better get a win. I'm hoping for 2-1 <laughs> because I'm not going all the way down to lose or see a draw. I'm not going to have that.
1: I, I mean, look, I don't think any uh, whenever you go to see your team, you don't ever want to see them lose. Uh, so uh, JB, you go back to your point, I know Bucio, he's being linked to the team in Europe. I, I forget the name. I think it's Venencia. Vin- I could be wrong. Uh, but so it's confirmed that uh, I, I, I could see Buscio obviously not playing, but Polito's not going to play tomorrow for, for Pulido, SKC. That, Polito's that actually
3: in LA right now. I, on on um Kansas City Press call earlier, uh, Peter Vermee said Bucio rejoined the team in, in Kansas City, but Polito stayed. Um, he just flew straight to Los Angeles, so he will be with the team tomorrow. Whether or not the, either of them play, I don't know. But um, they're they're with the team, both of
1: them, technically. Okay, Because okay, I I could see uh, I don't see Bustio playing because I think the deal is almost done. I don't know if the deal is done, but I I could see Polito playing because um, I can see him coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I think yeah, he's I, still there. He's
2: still there. He's still there.
1: Yeah. Well, what I was what, what I was trying, I was just trying to make sure like they won't ruled out because. If, if I mean, Polito, obviously, it's different when he plays for the Mexican national team, but when he plays for SKC, that, that's a big threat. And with the limited center backs that LAFC has, that is a big body that, you know, I don't know if LAFC, uh, the center back's going to be able to handle. Katie, who's always amazing, she, I want to read her comment. Um, she says, I'm a nervous wreck about tomorrow's game. Learning that Segura is completely out for the rest of the season um, just makes me very worried. If we get, if we tied against whitecaps, I'm not sure about being an A skate uh, SKC. Uh, obviously, tomorrow, I mean, she, she makes a very, very uh, fair point because obviously, when you know, when you're getting all these different ties um, and you have a strong team who's currently, where were they, where were they sitting second? I believe they're sitting second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, t- a tough game tomorrow, nevertheless. But look, I, I still think LASC can pull it off. I think they just have to pull it off, and it has to be an ugly game. And, and they have, to, I think they have to win uh, this game an ugly game. And Silo says they need to make it a trap game, and I think he's referring to SKC, like make it a trap game for them because they they could be thinking like, look, LAFC is vulnerable right now. We could come in there and, and you know, get a win. Let's get some final thoughts, Andy. G- give me your final thoughts on LAFC this, and tomorrow's game. This,
3: this is my thing. So whenever teams come play at Bank of California Stadium, they know exactly what LAFC is going to do. And that hasn't changed much, and Bob Bradley doesn't have any intention of changing that. So I think that we'll see something similar than we've seen all season. The LAFC trying to control tempo and and dictate the pace. I think the one underrated part about tomorrow's game is how good Sporting Kansas City is defensively, and how much that will play a difference in in what LAFC is able to do. Because we've seen them struggle to score goals already, and I think an early goal for LAFC is important, especially if if they go down one. You know that's gonna that's gonna change things. So. Um I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be uh, too surprised to, to see the same thing. Like I said, LAFC try to control, but Sporting KC is, has been one of the better defensive teams this whole season. Um, so that being said, um, you know, I think it's going to be a tough game for, for LAFC overall. I wouldn't be surprised to see it end in a draw.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're for the same. JP, final thoughts?
2: Um, maybe I'll, I'll go a different route from Andy's point. Maybe Bob throws a curveball. We see a different formation, maybe a 4-4-2. Four, 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 um, we have Sifu or Rossi and, and B Rod on the wings. Um Rossi and Vela up top and you know we can play the counter like that with speed. Um but yeah, I mean they, they just need to come out with heart. Um it's been a busy week for LAFC fans. You know, who who we, we got our nine, but you you know, you lose your your star center back, um who's gonna come in? So you know we're very anxious. You know we're very up in the air of, of what the front office is going to do. Um, I think Bob, like you said, was was very transparent today. So maybe he's happy that he got his number nine. Um, maybe that's what he wanted. He, he he wanted a transfer. He wanted that transfer and he got it. So maybe you know he's he's like like, like a little toy. You know with his new toy, a little boy with a new toy. Um, but I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't go
1: I wouldn't go as far as that. But <laughs> yeah. I just want to be I just want to be clear. I, I I'm not. I'm not, I don't, I don't condone that, but go yeah. ahead. But it's a, it's a,
2: it's a big game. Um, hopefully they come out and get these, these much needed three points, and and it could be a turning point for this team, co- cohesively, and and for the rest of the season.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, LFC live. Final thoughts. Um,
0: I think tomorrow we might see the 3 Um, I think Rodriguez, not that he, yeah, he has to get the start at some point. I mean damn. I mean, we have him sitting on the bench and sitting there, you know, we got some talent. Yes, I'm not his biggest fan. Yes, he has a crappy attitude, but does he have talent? Sure. Does he show it a lot? No, but tomorrow will be a perfect opportunity. Him, Bella, and Rossi up top, and then you have Blessing at and Sifantes in the midfield, and then it's uh, Roulette in the back. I don't know what's going to happen besides Palacios and Kim Moon one on the wings, and then the center back. Blackman's got to be one of them, and then I, I, I can't imagine fall starting, but we have seen crazier things. Uh, I would probably be far fan of Romero, saving the day hopefully in the back. Um, I want to see some good set-piece defending. We're going to lose a little bit of height back there now, so that's another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, if we're up 1-0, can we actually close out the game? Uh, that's going to be another thing to keep an eye on.
3: Park the buzz with Jordan Harvey. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. and, and is Bob going to go crazy? Because one week Bob does four substitutions at halftime, the next week he makes one sub at the 46 minute. That's it. So it's inconsistent, and especially if garbage time with five minutes, are you gonna throw in a cent are you gonna throw in like a defender? Are you gonna throw in Poncho? You're gonna throw in just a sit back and it's okay to play uh you know, parking the bus if you win the game. I don't care if you win ugly. If you park the bus, you park the bus. But I think we're gonna win two one tomorrow. And if we draw our tie, uh, I'm gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna throw that Ted Lasso towel on the field because i <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well,
3: I'll, awesome. find, I'll,
0: I'll find you at the stadium and give you a hug.
1: of constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you a Ted Lasso quote. How about that? Um, no, but yeah, look, um, look, we definitely hit, hit on a, a lot of things uh, here. And I think, look, for LAFC, it's not going to be an easy game. And for this game, you're going to have essentially some of the subs be starters tomorrow. And, you know, and I think, look, I think we're really going to see where where is at in tomorrow's game where that mentally, because they got to They got to step up. Look, and look, there's a lot of expectations writing and, I, and I, I think I want to see other players step up. I, I know what Vela can do on the field. Rossi has not had uh, the type of season. I think we expected, but yeah, I want to, I want to see B-Rod. I want to see Brian Rodriguez. I don't know if he's going to get the start. Cause I don't know if he, 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 I don't know if he's physically available to play 90 minutes. Um, But look with, without Baird, you kind of have to assume like you're plugging him in, or or, or Cal Jennings, or or Danny Musafsky. But I, I think everybody wants to see Brian Rodriguez play tomorrow, and I think everybody's leaning to potentially him starting, and that formation is, is going to change. So I think we're we're going to learn a lot about this uh, with this team tomorrow. Uh, there's always going to be on LAFC because obviously you know they they want to get the win and they they want to you know, prove a statement with everything going on. So I'm just interested to see what, what happens with LAFC tomorrow, but that's going to wrap things up guys. Uh, Thank you everybody on the chat. Thank you everybody on Twitter, on Facebook and on YouTube that that chimed in uh, and asked questions and everything Um, LA for LAFC live for Andy, for JP, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye everybody.